Shake Them Ropes 296. The second half of the week. Chris, we've doubled our number of Patreons to two. Two. Thank you so much. No, 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 you can't. You can't do that. You can't be sarcastic. We're trying to hype this up. Patreon.com slash Shake Them Ropes. <laughs> I was actually trying to be thankful. We're thanking them up front. I wasn't being sarcastic. You, wow. You, you always read negativity into me, Hawkins. I am a positive guy. I'm sunny. I'm warm. That killed me. I just, wow, thanks. No, be grateful. I am I grateful am for grateful. anybody. Who gets you, you, you don't try to act like I am. Not appreciative. The Brovembrinos are going to be... You didn't even let me get to the Brovembrinos. I was going to say the Brovembrinos are here to represent, but instead you assume the worst out of me. <laughs> I wanted to thank the Brovembrinos, and uh, no thanks to you, Hawkins. Yeah, well, we, we've killed the... Smearing my good name. We've killed the show, kids. It's, it's dead. It's dead as a doornail. We should just stop recording now, but no, no, we're going to go on. A uh, couple of main roster news points came out uh today fightful.com my old neighborhood or actually my sometime neighborhood still uh reporting that the overrun for raw is done with chris how are you gonna spend those 15 minutes (laughs) doing anything else Look, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I, 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 I sarcastically and snarkily said, are they going to be able to fit everything in? But they are such poor planners of time. The people who are going to suffer on this are going to be your Baileys, your Sashas, your Apollo Crews. You know, those, those types of people, their matches are going to get cut because the, 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 the overrun was always the main event angle. So they're not going to cut their video packages, so it's going to be matches elsewhere, and it's going to be the people that they don't consider all that important. Let me put the positive spin on this. They've okay. been getting a lot of practice doing this with SmackDown, so I think this will be less bumpy than we think, and it's good that they are trimming down Raw, albeit a small amount. I'll take that. There, there, someone re- replied, man, no, they'll just throw you to the network for the overrun now. I went, man, they've been doing, they have did that for years during the Attitude Era on the, uh, I, I forgot the name of it, but it, but it was like you go to the website and you watch whatever happened on the other one. And, and I'm just like, no, no, we don't want more product necessarily. We just want it concise and good. So I, I'm like, okay, I hope they don't do that where, where it becomes a throw to the network and they still kind of keep doing it. But uh, the other big news, the uh, WWE has informed the, uh, I believe it's the SAP Center in, in San Jose, that the main event for TLC in December has been changed. It's no longer going to be Braun Strowman versus Drew McIntyre. It's now... Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin. Oh, man. <laughs> I've been waiting all year for this one. This is going to be a really good match. I'm, Baron Corbin has been built very strong throughout the year, Jeff. And I, I think that this is going to be the immovable force versus the object. I'm forgetting what the word versus was. Versus the object. No, 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 no. That's perfect. <laughs> it, it, it's the immovable force versus the... Uh, uh, or no, no. It's the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. But I like just object. Plenty of people have stopped Braun or uh, Baron Corbin. So, no, I... Uh, look, it's a downgrade in some ways to me. I'm, I'm hoping it may not be permanent because, of course, card always subject to change. I, but, you know, Drew kind of has that big match feel versus Corbin. Which yeah, feels I want to like- see Drew versus Braun Strowman, but they have clearly started to tell the story of Braun Strowman being obstructed by Baron Corbin, and he's going to have to overcome him. Oh, so so this is Stone Cold Braun Strowman against the forces of the authority who are now inserting themselves into matches and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah, and Baron okay. Corbin is building an alliance of people, including the Authors of Pain and Drew McIntyre, I think will be loosely affiliated with this. Dolph Ziggler as well. Yeah, so we'll see. They're, I think they're going to start going heavy McMahon slash authority figure type of stuff after even after Survivor Series, because I think the, the Shane win indicates a 
a change in his persona as it started to be hinted at. Stephanie's coming back for the quote-unquote rivalry. And Vince says we know what's wrong with live events, and I'm... I'm frightened by the prospect that he thinks that the problem is is not enough McMahons or not enough authority figures. No, I, I think what he wants is Braun Strowman doing more of the tossing ambulances over, beating up 25 security guards. I, I think that's what he's going to again. Okay. I'll go with that. Uh, going around the horn of the four Wednesday night shows, what uh, what piqued your interest? What, what, what What's looking good and tasty to you to start off with? Where shall we begin? I want to talk about Johnny Gargano and Candice. Okay. Yes. I like the Candice turn. Candice is turning the way I said she was going to turn. She is blaming Nikki Cross for everything and saying Johnny is completely justified for what he is doing or taking a neutral stance on what Johnny did, which was clearly bad, and blaming Nikki Cross for being the instigator. So she is also turning heel, and she's got that Fargo hair. What do you mean Fargo hair? The bangs. She's got the bangs like the uh, woman from Fargo. Oh, like uh, Frances McDormand or the or the blonde that was in the uh, that that Frances McDormand interviews in the. Uh, yes, uh, you know what I'm it, talking it, it, about. Yeah, but no, yeah, I, I, yes. no, I'm, right, I'm, I'm trying. Right. I'm trying to understand. <laughs> it's a 1995 film, Chris. I'm trying to remember these things. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you just had to remember that there was a movie and people had haircuts like that, and that they were kind of crazy. And that's well, kind of what I was getting at. Well, Chris, you have to remember in pop culture, Fargo's also a TV show. So I was trying to think, what the hell is he talking about? Fargo hair. What am I trying to remember? Because all three seasons of Fargo have been different stories. Which hair person? Oh, you mean the movie. Okay, good. I, I, I'm very slow tonight. I, that's it's okay. Just, that's okay. And, and for future is, reference, when I reference Norman Bates, I'm talking about Alfred Hitchcock, <laughs> Psycho, and not Bates Motel. <laughs> Or the shot-for-shot shot remake by Gus Van Zandt. Yes. <laughs> Which I prefer to Bates Motel. Um, yeah, NXT was, was fun. I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving the builds to all the matches at uh, TakeOver, which I'm going to live, and I am stoked for that. I really liked the Undisputed Era's promo. They're part of the promo on the War Games video. We've yes. been there before. It's, it's very horseman. It's very 1987 War Games 2 type of a build. We're like, we've been in the War Games before. We know what's coming, and we know what we did wrong last time, even though, the, I mean, the horseman part. The Undisputed Era won the War Games match uh, last year, and Roddy was on another team. But uh, They've I, made I really the Bobby that. Fish return feel oomphy. It's got yeah. some weight to it. He has been important in the episodes building up to this match, and they really put the spotlight on him in this promo, sort of saying, now we're back and we're at full strength and really emphasizing that. Yeah, no, and, and they're, they're, they, are, they are a driving force in NXT, and they've done it with the Horseman uh, formula where you, know, you give a, a powerful heel group all the major titles, or at least most of the major titles, and you and you have the baby all of faces. the intermediary titles, and you have them in the chase for the main title. Uh, yeah, you're right, intermediary, but the, but they're yeah, they don't have the world title. You're right, right, right. and and I think with this type of group, with the Horsemen, obviously you've got to have the belt on Flair, right? But I think with this type of group, they need to be gathering the gold in in pursuit of the big prize. Okay. And it, they go after that babyface champion. Obviously, we don't have that right now with Tommaso Ciampa, but that's sort of the way I see that group sort of functioning. But yes, I, this group's booked perfectly. They're they're being used so well throughout the show, and they and they really emphasize in their part of the promo at least the the uh, the the pro, pro, not potential the the potential. That's the word I'm looking for. Again, slow today, guys. Give me a break. Uh, potential for violence. And how how the structures may you know of steel, and this is a fight, and this is war, and this is violence, and we're in there to hurt you. I mean, I'm like, yes, this is the build I want for a war games. And I think the baby faces did quite quite well for themselves too. Uh, Ricochet is coming along uh, on promo. He's not 
fantastic by any means, but but he was serviceable here. Pete Dunn's always kind of a presence, and the War Raiders just on their own. They didn't even say anything. It's like <laughs> they got war in their name. I don't, I don't, I don't need any more than that. Just just stand, look, and growl like the Road Warriors used to, and, and I'm I'm fine with that. I'm 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 so stoked for this main event. Yeah, I actually got to see the War Raiders in Dallas two years ago on WrestleMania weekend in one of the satellite shows in a cage match. And it was a very entertaining cage match. And I'm looking forward to seeing this one again. I think that this will be a very, very spirited match. I think this will be even better than the war games from last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, last year's war games, to me, suffered from the three-team shark cage you know, it was a little over gimmick feeling. Yeah, yeah it, it wasn't was, like the was, triple tower of doom or anything like that. But it was still a lot of teams. And when you've got four guys and another four guys and a steel cage or two steel cages, that's enough. There's enough going on there. You don't need a third team. Yeah, and it was and it was very, uh, for lack of a better term, there were a lot of set pieces within within the match itself, where where. Which has to happen from, by design because you've got 12 guys in the room. Well, rest. yeah. It, it, well, it happens because of WWE as opposed to the kick-punch style of the NWA, so to speak, and, and WCW. You have far more choreographed multi-man spots here. This guy's going to do this. Do, ooh and ah. This guy's going to do that. You're going to get a lot of that in this. You know, Ricochet's coming off the top of the cage at some point. We know that. Adam Cole's probably coming off the top of the cage again at, at some point. One of the War Raiders will probably come off something very high at some point just because fat men flying are fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, so so I'm, I'm very excited about that. I'm going to move on to which one do I want to talk about? Uh, NXT High School is back again in many ways on, on some of these vignettes today. I, I liked uh, Undefeated, and she, she kind of shoulder bumps me a yim coming out because the mean girl shtick, which is a it's 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 a uh, it's a hallmark of of NXT where where you know the the new girl comes in and oh. I've been here for a while. What have you done lately? Yeah, Mia Yim didn't deliver on this promo for me. No. And I thought that Bianca Belair kind of saved it. Although, I don't like Bianca Belair as a heel. She's not bad as a heel or anything, but I, I think that she sort of was in a point where the crowd was ready to go babyface with her, and then they kind of turned her back to being a heel. And it hasn't quite clicked yeah i i don't i don't have that same feeling i think she's really good as a heel to be honest she is good i'm saying she's good i'm saying it's not that it hasn't clicked because she's not doing a good job it hasn't clicked because they were sort of drifting towards the baby face side of things and they'll come back because she's too athletic it's kind of like right it's the montez ford effect It, it it's one of those things where she is so spectacularly athletic and powerful and aerodynamic in the ring. She has both. She has everything in there that she's not going to be a baby. I mean, she's not going to be a heel for long, but so long as she has that hair gimmick, I think you kind of have to. And right now she's kind of playing cocky rather than heelish. She's, I mean, it's not that she's full baby face, but she's, she's not the snarling over the top heel necessarily. She's just, confident in herself type of thing she's she'd be a lone wolf type heel i would guess in many ways yeah and and i see what's going on here mia yim is going to get this big win here over bianca belair you think i that that's where i think it's going oh no i I really i don't don't think mia yim gets a win over over bianca belair at all i think bianca belair goes from this to the nxt women's title and she may be facing Shayna next because they were hinting at that a few weeks back. So I, I think this is just, this is a placard thing. They're, they're going to establish Mia Yim as the, you know what? She's come back. She's realized her, she, she came back for the May Young classic. She's in it. She got signed because of the basis of her work in, in, in the May Young classic. She's here in NXT. This has always been her dream. She fought for this. This is the biggest match of the year. She's fought. She's fought. She fought. And then they beat her. 
Because that's that's what they kind of do with these types of baby faces to, to help get them. I, I think she gets beat uh, after after a uh, noble struggle, so to speak, but she is eventually vanquished. I just don't see Bianca Belair hanging on to this undefeated thing. They've just been clobbering you with the subtlety hammer to use Joe Lance's line. I think I think she loses her title match. Okay, okay. I, that's where you beat her. Because she's not ready to hold the NXT women's title yet, in their opinion. In my, in in their opinion, in my opinion. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. To, she's to not ready to hold the, the title. To round out the women's division, um, uh, we can go match her angle. I, the announcement of uh, Shayna Baszler versus uh, Kyrie Sane at NXT Takeover. Two out of three falls. Uh, Regal comes in with Jessamine Duke steps to Regal, and I was like, "Dude, I just want to see Regal's face." We're like, "Girl, you need to sit down." Uh, <laughs> uh, Jessamine Duke and Mar- uh, Marina Schaefer are in the room with her. Uh, I fully expect them to get involved in at least two of these falls. And Shane it retains. was very weird that Regal didn't make some sort of stipulation about them right there. It I was seeing kind cage of match. I yes, was I was thinking cage match as well. Yeah, yes, to keep like, them out. It, yeah. He even addressed the fact that, oh, you have these friends now. Yes, she does. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> right. And it's, it's stupid. It, it's, it's like, I want to call it, it's, not, it's not quite stupid baby face syndrome, but it's, it, it's clueless management syndrome. All oh, right. You have these people. You have these people. Oh, they're interfering in your match. You know what? I could make a stipulation where it's just you and the other person in the cage. But instead, I'm just going to give more chances for these people to interfere and really screw people over. And you're just like, no, no. What are you doing, Regal? You're not helping Kyrie any. But I think uh, also I think it also gives Io Shirai a chance. There is a chance that they may just hot potato this belt back and forth. I, I haven't decided yet, but. It's interesting that she, I mean, you're supposed to make a big deal that you are the first two-time women's champ in NXT. But what if Kyrie Sane just came back next week, won the belt back, and then became the second two-time champ and current champ in NXT? I think that it's an intriguing prospect to, to ponder. It's intriguing. I don't know that I'd like it. Because okay. then you'd still have to have the rematch with Shayna. And that is the problem with the hot potato thing. Like, how many back and forth can they have, especially after a best out of three falls match? Well, it was a story they tried to do on the main roster with Charlotte and Sasha, and the problem was Sasha never won when she was a champ. <laughs> that was always always, always the issue. So, so they were never seen as equals, really. And then Charlotte just kind of went on to be, uh, you know, a, a, of a higher value on, on the main roster than Sasha, and they eventually had to rebuild her, and I don't really think they've done that quite well. So they've tried this before. They've tried this thinking before where people keep switching title wins to make them equal. It's it's just they, they tend to forget, you know, instead of making them both strong in, in the end, it ends up making both of them kind of, you know, less than w- what we want. And I think that's just a product of having weekly television and having them on every week. Yes. I agree. So, and 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 finally, uh, Dakota Kai versus Tainara Conti. Uh, week where Dakota Kai is all over. Yeah, WWE a lot of Dakota television. Kai this week, and a lot of and a lot of Mark Andrews because yes. Andrews is on two hundred five, and that's just due to the UK product. Um, was a little shocked that Dakota Kai won here uh, for the states because I thought she was going to kind of be enhancement talent in the states and then go over and get some bigger wins over in the UK. I'll say this. I like Tainara Conti athletically. I think she's improved as a wrestler. I think she's improved um, in, in certain aspects, but her acting is bad. It's dreadful. As Her selling is... Uh, she's lost when she's selling, and it's it's noticeable. It was noticeable in the May Young... Or in the... Uh, was it the Mae Young Classic or the match to get in the Mae Young Classic? I can't remember which one, but there was some really... There was a spot... That, oh, no, she she made the Mae Young Classic this year. So so there was one where it's just like... Uh, she's she's kind of like just 
has her mouth open and just eyes bugged out and just kind of lost. But on this match, when she took the kick in the corner and she's kind of stumbling around, but it doesn't look like she's really hurt. It just looks like I'm supposed to act and stumble today. And you're kind of like, eh, you know, she's, she's trying and I, I give her that, but I think, but you feel the trying. Yes, you can see the, as they say in acting, you can see the wheels moving. And I think some of that has to do with the language barrier at times um, in terms of how she emotes and stuff like that. Like when she verbalizes in the ring, it it comes off as very uh, Sophia Vergara (laughs) in terms of certain words will be. Uh, miss uh, the the syllables will be the wrong the wrong uh, emphasis or or it'll be like a little too loud here and there, um, but it was it wasn't a bad physical match, but it was very no her it, technique it, is solid like yeah I like because her judo throw great. Her judo yeah the great. judo throws are really cool and they look very chaotic and different they don't have that sort of blocky pickup slam sort of feel to them. It, there's something more organic about the motion. And again, I want her to be, uh, I want her to be Alexa Bliss's cousin from Brazil. I just want the team, two of them on a team. Although I think she's sneaky taller than I think she really is. Um, but I thought Dakota Kai was good here too. I, I really liked, I thought her kicks were very crisp in this match. I thought her, and this is a, serves as a good transition to NXT UK with Dakota Kai, at least her part of it. I'll, I'll backtrack and do one NXT note in a second, but uh, I really enjoyed that Tony Storm match. Oh boy, that was a really good match. Yes, yeah. I and and it's nice that she's being rebuilt in NXT UK because the the Shayna story in NXT really made me feel like she's she's even she's an even worse version of the Bailey character because she's an underdog who won't fight for herself and is scared and you're just like oh nobody wants to watch that but here here it was I mean I mean she was given just as good as she got and it served as a transition to a feud with Ginny who got introduced I'm I'm a fan of Ginny I I really am I saw her in a couple of the sideshows the past couple of years at Wrestlemania I saw her at Progress uh in Orlando, she was great, and then here in uh, this year in New Orleans, there was a mixed tag match with her and Will Osprey and uh, Austin Theory. That was pretty damn fantastic. I'm look, I, I get that that the fashionista gimmick may may seem a little bit overwrought to people in terms of heavy gimmick, which means she can't wrestle, but she has a certain presence. Uh, she has that certain bitchy posh spice always raised eyebrow type thing that that has a charisma on its own and and she can go in the ring despite being very very thin uh so i'm 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 excited to see her as a heel presence on this nxt uk show to finally get some bad guys going on it yes i liked her debut and that sort of stands in contrast to the eddie dennis debut <laughs> Uh, we need to talk about Eddie, Jeff, because Eddie looks like an indie wrestler, and they did those great packages. We really liked the video packages, yeah. but I don't know what the hell Eddie was wearing. Sorry, put that in the swear jar, but Eddie looked rough. And hell is okay. Hell, hell is, hell is perfectly uh, oh, okay. Uh, all right. I, I'm glad that we've established that. <laughs> Good. So, Eddie, rough. Jeff, your thoughts. Eddie lost me, and he lost me at the moment where you'll remember a few weeks ago I, I started using the term Sasha Banksing, which is a moment in a match where the entertainer, the sports entertainer, is either yelling the storyline or yelling something about their character in the middle of a fight. When he yelled, I've waited 10 years for this, I'm like, yeah, that's your gimmick, dude. Why are you in the middle of a, in the middle of a squash match? Nobody cares. So it's not quite a squash match, I think. I think we're telling yeah. a story with Sid. 
Sid's getting a story here in these losses, a la to reference something from Lucha Underground, Son of Havoc, what they did or, with him in the I'm first I'm thinking season. the Mikey, Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah, thing from like ECW. That. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I liked that. I, uh, I I liked Ginny's presentation, too, more than, um, oh, I forgot, Lucky. Well, what's his name on one of the shows where it was just like that there was a lot of this going on with, with Mark Andrews on 205, with some of the vignettes on, on NXT UK where it was like, my name is this. They call me, or I'm known as this. Here's a catchphrase, and then they just kind of move on with it. It's like, I'm an no, underdog, no, wait, wait, wait. you'll Hold see on. me be underdog they also. Hold on, Jeff. They also describe their style. Yes. That's a key move. My style is vicious and technical. Yeah. Something to that effect. <laughs> yeah. My, it's like, that's not really a style. <laughs> um, but, but I liked but at least with Ginny, it was a little different because they, they put the magazine cover motif in there, too, to really get over her gimmick as fashionista so i thought that was cool and and it, and this actually can can draw me into my my backtrack onto nxt uh my note on velveteen dream and i liked that match a lot with uh lars even though i i thought lars was gonna get inserted into the title match after the win i thought, I thought for sure so gonna, too but maybe it's just a setup for you know it should dream win the title which i have my doubts uh, that it's setting up a contender type of thing. But Velveteen Dream at this point, his wardrobe at the Performance Center is every improv and comedy theater's backstage. You know, it's these weird sparkly jackets and sailor hats and things for comedy sketches that you need to use. I looked at that. I went, did he go to an improv show in, in the greater Orlando area and end up backstage with some props and he just kept them after the night? It, it, it made me laugh so much to look at just this hodgepodge of weird clothing choices he decided to pick to make an outfit. Yeah, I, I like the Velveteen Dream a lot. <laughs> And I liked this match because this match, to me, is what NXT was originally supposed to be about, where you are developing up two guys, homegrown, they're moving up to the point where they can work higher-profile matches, and in this case, these are two homegrown guys who are now having a match against each other and calling that match, and it was a good match, man. I am always impressed because... Dream is such a big kid. I mean, he is large. I think he's like six three or six four. Um, but the the tumble he took over the top rope to the floor, that was an impressive bump. I thought I, I was really like, wow, that is that's an old school gasp bump where where like the heel just throws over a guy to get over his power. I, I thought that was really impressive. Yeah. No, this is a good match. This is a very, very good match. But I was surprised that Lars Sullivan didn't end up in the title match. I felt almost certain that's where we were going. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and there's still a week where they can add them in. That is true. There is still a week. Back to NXT UK. There was a line that made me almost quit watching NXT UK altogether, Chris. You are a fan or you at least have listened to Shake Them Ropes for some amount of time. Can you guess what Vic Joseph said on commentary, possibly, that would have made me just lose my crap? Oh, man. What could Vic Joseph have said on commentary that would have made Jeff Hawkins lose it? Was it something about somebody liking to have fun? Uh, no, but you are in the right neighborhood. Okay. Uh, here's the quote. The WWE universe may not like the coffee brothers, or I think he may have just said Joe coffee, but they've had a plan to cause chaos since day one. Oh, they are here to cause effing chaos. Oh, every it's, I, mm. Every the, show. We don't care every show. if you like us or you don't. 
Let's talk about the men in t-shirts. So, a lot of these factions on WWE are fairly uninspired. Not the Undisputed Era. But there have been factions in the past that are loosely put together, named nebulously, not fully conceived. This is one of the laziest I've seen yet. They are just wearing the brand's t-shirts and speaking vaguely about the kingdom, except that they can't be the kingdom because there's already a faction called the kingdom. And actually, you have one of those people in the promotion now, albeit on 205 Live. That's where Canellis is these days. This is not good. These guys... Joe Coffey? I like Joe Coffey. But these guys are as bland as bland can be. Yeah, and well, it's funny you say that because like all the baby faces when they were going in to ask for the six-man match, also wearing the brand t-shirts. And it's like, okay... Great. We're all we're all kind of fans for ourselves here. That's that's nice. I know I know what I also want to say about the, uh, the the vignette thing that we came back to the Legero vignette where it's like, what do you need to know about me? It's all in this mask. It's like, oh, OK, great. What about it? Well, it makes me different. OK. See, he's an English guy who is covering his face. Unlike, you know, other mass wrestlers that tend to be from different places. I had no clue, Chris, because you see the the mask is has a has British flag type markings all over it. So I I had no idea he was a British guy. Yes, (laughs) I observed this as well in his debut. I like him. I like him a lot. He's a good wrestler, but there's nothing in terms of his personality here to latch on to at all. And that's why I'm very close to being done with the show because it's like, it's really good wrestling. But why am I watching this right now? Why, what, what are we building towards here? Are we building towards, I mean, we have somewhat of storyline angles, which is great, but the if characters... If this was just one hour, this would be fine. This would be a totally watchable hour of wrestling because there is good matches on these shows. The issue is that it's two hours, and by the end of hour two, it really does feel like a grind because, well, the Eddie Dennis thing was deeply deflating. I I had a hard time recovering after that, but it's just a lot for a product that's not quite strong enough. Imagine watching two hours of main event. Yeah, well, it seems like they almost took took some of the criticisms to heart about introducing people, but they introduce them, but they don't tell us what makes them interesting. It's like, here's the character. Here's what he does. Now let's watch him. And you're like, okay, that's interesting in, <laughs> in some ways. Uh, you know, I uh, Zach Gibson, I made a note of this to you. I think he shaved his body in between TV tapings. <laughs> it's good that you observed that. I, I that's not what that, I think that, about that, when I'm looking at Zach Gibson. It so threw me maybe off. I just went, oh, okay, maybe he shaved. <laughs> I don't think that's character development either. Look, the six man to end, end that night. I thought, I mean, look, all six of those guys, for me, I love them. I do. I, I, you know, I love Flash Morgan Webster. I'm, I'm liking this, this Coffee Brothers Wolfgang teaming of large bearded, you know, Inter, in the inter- ring, it's good. Yes, absolutely. In the ring, it's good. It's just that these guys, in terms of characters, are boring as boring can be. Yeah, it's a it's a boring presentation. Is is what it is. It, it's 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 the least you can do in terms of trying to build up, you know, interest in the product. It's kind of like, well, here's your UK guys, guys, and the crowd is is good, but you can tell they've had a long night as well at least for, for one of these shows. But, but they're always, like, when they find something to, to tap onto, they are the best, I think, of the television taping audiences because they will entertain themselves. Um, and by entertaining themselves, it carries over into whatever's going on in the ring. Yes. Although that can be a double-edged sword because when the in-ring stuff is meandering and so is the crowd, it sort of feels like the show is not harmonizing with itself. The presentation is creating discord. So any, anything else on, the, on either of the UK shows that, uh, that we missed? 
I don't know that we missed anything else on either of the UK shows. Uh, there, there were a couple debuts or matches here and there. It was just like, okay, this guy wins, this guy wins, this guy wins. And I, I was just kind of, oh, okay. Oh, hold on. Danny Birch and Pete Dunne. That oh, was, yes, yes, yeah, yes. That yes. was solid. I liked that Loved a lot. It. I like Danny Birch a lot. I, I, I like Danny Birch a lot. I thought they could have done more, but these guys do have good in-ring chemistry with one another. The the governor Martin Stone, as some may know him. I the 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 spot in that match I really dug was uh, when when Pete starts doing his weird uh, you know getting power thing, and Danny Burch just stands up and head butts him. I was like, yeah, that's what I want to see. I, you know, if, if if you're if you're celebrating your home run, the next the next time you're up at the plate, you get a fastball by the back of your head. That's what this was. Loved it. I liked. Uh, I like Nigel on this UK show quite a bit. I, I think he not not only does he know the territory and the wrestlers here, but he does such a great job of putting over when things are going to be a threat and when they're not. And he really put over that Birch was having a shot at this, even even though you know in in the back of your mind you know that they're not going to just switch the title willy nilly off of Pete Dunne. But but they they they. It, it's close enough where where you can lose yourself in the reality of the moment. Yeah, Nigel seems more applied and engaged on this product. It's not something that I had immediately noticed because I wouldn't say that he's phoning it in or anything on any of the other products he's on. It just seems like here doing this UK wrestling, he, he just feels more at home, as you said, because he knows those guys. And he carries Vic along, which is good because Vic is a deeply replaceable fellow. Well, now he is. I mean, he's he's become catchphrases and 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 coached, as I as I like to say. You know, that when he's they, Tom, when they find yeah, when they finally get the personality out of you and, you, and you're just kind of an automaton type of thing. But I think the difference between Nigel here and the, and what you're saying is no, he's not phoning it in on the other shows, but. He is camping it up. He's healing it up on the other shows to a level where, you know, he, he's he's trying to be Bobby Heenan. And this is his more natural heel yes. wheelhouse where he can still be the announcer but have this ever so slight bias towards the heels. Like, he kind of enjoys it when someone does the thumb in the eye, but doesn't like it when someone treats the title badly because it's bad for the brand. This is, this is, this is Jesse Ventura. Sure, kind of, kind sure. Of, that, and that, and that was, that's what Jesse did. It, it's always like, you know what, he, he'd give props to the baby faces when they did, when they were well, but he was still, you know, he was still trying to hold himself as a credible athlete while still going... Oh yeah, you take advantage of the situation there, and then you move on, as opposed to you know, the the loser house party and all these other boy, you know, the loser the, house party that is like nails on a damn chalkboard for me, Hawkins. Is it? Oh, I just that phrase. It it is grating, and, and I mean, I know it's meant to get heel heat, but it's more like a bad pun that people keep saying over and over again. Yeah, or, or was it the uh, Dorito Locos or whatever? It's like, yeah, that's the uh, soft, uh, for lack of a better term, the soft bigotry that we don't really want to help get over uh, get over luchadors in, in this company, but th- that's what they do. But that makes a uh, eh, clunky transition to 205 Live. I am going to put over Leo Rush huge. I am putting him over big today because I I started off when when 205 live started I was ready to to come on here and mock him for because I figured out his cadence on his promos in all his promos it it it's, it starts it's very sing-songy yes, but it always is. St- but it always stops i mean it, it, when he does his promos he does he does it in a certain fashion where where when you're watching he does the first three words or and then stops for a moment it's like i'd like to order a you know it's a very jazzy type of 
type of thing. And you're like, yeah, and then, and then with a ha-ha kind of laugh thing and, and for the syncopation in there. It's like, oh, I figured out your style, Leo. I'm going to go on the air and, and just, just go, I'd like to order a Big Mac and fries. And kind of thing. I was like, you know what I think it is? Because I've noticed that too. I think it's an articulation trick that he came up with to make sure that he is punching all of his words clearly but he doesn't realize that it's led him into a cadence that he naturally speaks in now well, it, all the you time. Know what it is? It's like it, Captain Kirking. It's a it's a memorization technique. Yes. It, it it's it because I remember in in middle school I we were required once a month to memorize 50 lines of poetry. And she said and our teacher was was very very specific where it's like, you can't be sing-songy. You just need to memorize this and then present it to the class. But to a person, if you ever picked the, uh, the I think it's the Poe poem, Annabelle Lee. It was many, many a year ago, Kingdom by the Sea, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, Annabelle Lee. You know, you, you, you started, you always got You are no Lenny Poffo, sir. Oh, well, you know, but, well, I mean, I can't remember. I never did Annabelle Lee as a poem, so I can't do it. But but everybody would go, many, many years ago, Kingdom by the Sea, name of Annabelle Lee. You know, <laughs> you're just like, and that's, that's kind of what Leo's kind of doing here. But that squash match against uh, Turbo... Uh, oh, my God. Name, Terry. I love Turbo Terry. He's really good. He did a really good job. He did a really good job, but I loved Leo in this match, too. He was vicious. It's like no more of this this playful. It's almost like when, when oh, I mean, it's no. It's both high... guys did their job because it involved Turbo Terry coming in there and really making those initial volleys look stiff, and Leo selling the hell out of it. That then opened it back up for Leo to go crazy on Turbo Terry and demolish him. Yeah, but it, but I. I... WWE wants to do the camp all the time and the show off the personality of their heels and things like that. And this wasn't that. This was almost, and this is a way too high bar to put on it, but I'm just using it as an example. You know, Ric Flair in Crockett, 87, 88, comes out, sunglasses, smiling, flashing. I got the ladies, woo, woo, woo. But if he ever had to go in that ring... You know, he was a little cocky at first, but that first time, you know, a Tim Horner or a Brad Armstrong chops him in the chest and hurts him, then Ric Flair gets angry, and then he starts getting vicious, and that's what this was. I, I thought I thought when Leo Rush turned on the vicious part, I went, oh, crap, this is a new Leo Rush. I love this. And then the promo afterwards where he ends with tick-tock, I was like, oh, there we go. We got a little bit of heat coming here. I'm, I'm liking this. I like this president. He can be flashy. He can be the ha ha Lashley, Lashley, you know, that kind of stuff. He can do that as a manager and as a personality on 205 Live. But when he gets in the ring, I want to see him get down to business like this and be, you know, I'm the cocky guy, but, but you know what? I am the best. I'm going to show you I'm the best, and I'm going to hurt you now. I love, love this Leo Rush match. I like this Leo Rush as well. However, I am concerned that there will be a disconnect between the way that this Leo Rush is presented on 205 Live and manager Leo Rush is treated because I think manager Leo Rush is going to get the goober treatment sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, but that's that's raw. That's the old man's instincts. Um, other things I liked, I like... Uh, I like uh, Mustafa Ali and Buddy Murphy at Survivor Series. I'm hoping they're not on the pre-show. I'm hoping they're on the main card. Um, I'm interested in it, but I, I just don't think you take the title off of Murphy just yet, which is bad for Mustafa Ali and his build. Really like the Mustafa Ali promo again. Serious into the camera. Babyface promo. Liked it a lot. I'm going to make the argument to the contrary here. I think maybe Buddy does lose it here. And we get on Mustafa Ali because we're building up to Cedric Alexander getting back into the picture. Okay. And Cedric wants to get that title because I think he's going to beat Leo Rush. But 
I think he's going to lose himself in the process here. I was thinking that maybe Cedric comes back, they give him the win, and then all of a sudden Mustafa Ali comes in for the first title shot, and then Cedric loses it over that, and then eventually loses the title, because I don't think they're going to put the belt on Cedric for a very long time. No. Um, but I, I liked. I also liked the, the, the Mark Andrews match here. The, the, the promo, the vignette sucked, but the match itself... Um, look, I, I, I'm a huge fan of Mark Andrews ever since I first saw him in uh, PWG live. I think he does the scrappy underdog, baby, undersized babyface gimmick well, but I thought he and Murphy really had some chemistry here. Yeah, they're a really great pairing. You see Buddy Murphy as a guy who really is tailor-made for 205 Live. It allows him to do power moves, which he's really good at doing, with guys who are smaller than him to make them look really oomphy. Like that suplex into the power bomb, that's so yeah. pretty. Murphy's Law is a really great finishing move. And he is a very complete wrestler. I like Murphy a lot. I do. I think he needs some work on his promos, though. Cause that well, yeah, was, okay. That, the, yeah, the, the, the inset yeah. promo wasn't good. They also aren't doing much to give him direction with his character. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Well, there's never ever any real character development. And guys, you have the catchphrase and a nickname. That's what you have. And you work towards it. And that that's the other part of it. Well, I don't know. This CJP character, he contains multitudes. He's stealing masks now. I, li- I liked... Look, I got TJP did something I love. And it's a little thing. I love in heel tag team matches when it first starts, that first shot that the heel takes, and he goes crawling over and hugs yes. the legs of his partner. I mark for that every time. I don't care. It's stupid, but it's so it's so pro wrestling. You know, the cowardly heel who has bravado gets hit once. Oh, don't protect me. I love it. I love those spots. I, I do. Um, TJP's another guy that... You know, great personality, has a lot of character, has a lot of potential to him. I think the Mask Hunter gimmick's not bad. I think, you know, the promo he did with a mask on himself, where it's like, yeah, I used to wear these in Mexico when I, you know, when I wanted to hide my face because I was ashamed, you know, that kind of thing. I, I, you know, I like that. Uh, Canellis is going to bring a little bit more personality to TJP as well, that, that he may be lacking in terms of main roster type of wwe personality and and maria uh she has something planned obviously because she's like saying let me handle this which means i think <laughs> i all i'm thinking of is if you've ever seen the uh gif with uh maria dancing and carl anderson dancing in the ring when she was being a distraction in oh New man Japan. i think it's something maria's like gonna get into the ring and she's gonna start flossing with the loser house party <laughs> flossing you think it's gonna be that as oh like man that flossing samba? is oh it's it's whimsical the samba move is also whimsical but but i love it when those guys floss oh but that's gimmick infringement on carmella carmella is the one who flosses here thank you well they also floss <laughs> these guys just made their debut on raw yeah yeah well, well, they did last week. Were they on yeah. this week? I can't no, remember. no, but I'm just saying, give them a break. They they just debuted on Raw. Okay. They, they need to catch the eye, and everyone <laughs> knows that flossing is very hip. Just in the presentation of, these guys made their debut on Raw, I was like, and? It's oh, a, stand, okay, it's a doing... standalone <laughs> argument. Yeah, no, it's a complete thought. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, anything else on 205 Live that uh, that you found at least noteworthy? I don't think so. I I was kind of fascinated that uh, uh, Drake Maverick didn't make an appearance. He did his little opening video package oh, yeah. narration thing. And, I mean, sometimes they feel like that's enough. These 205 Live stories have been sort of plug and chug right now. They know where they're going. And the, they, we just have to get through these matches here at Survivor Series. And then they'll refresh things, hopefully. Yeah, so uh, I guess we're going to wrap it up there. Um, Next week, we will be doing our predictions. uh, Cognitive, you know, we will will play Kreskin, and we'll go, hmm, how will these matches end? 
and knowing that half of these will end in screw jobs. How, how will they possibly, possibly do that to continue these stories? But we'll do pr- preview for both Survivor Series and NXT TakeOver. Chris, where can the folks find you? I have a couple of other shows. They're called Don't Worry About the Government. That's at don'tworry.tv and on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can find us at patreon.com slash DWATG. And also the All in the Family podcast, which you can find at allinthefamilypodcast.com or patreon.com slash allinthefamily. I'm on Twitter at C-H-R-I-S-N-O-V-E-M-B-R-I-N-O. Chris... You're, you're cutting into our profit margin here. It's patreon.com slash shake them ropes. We want all the money. All the money. Because remember, remember, we don't get $10 million in 30 days. The Lord's taking me. <laughs> That's it. I don't want to lose Jeff. You don't understand. I don't know how I'm going to make it. It's going to be hard without him. Oh, it's Oral Roberts, too. I messed that up. I said it was swaggered originally, but uh, you can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow the show, which is basically Didn't Jim just... and Tammy Faye do that, too? Uh, they may have. I thought it was Swaggert or Falwell did it, but it, but uh, it was more Oral Roberts is the famous one where he was like, Gee, God came down to me, and in 30 days, if you don't give me money, he's going to kill me and i'm just like all right well let's let's see what happens guys uh but no he made he made the limit that he had said and i was just like i was amazed by that i'm like god be, you want to talk pro wrestling and marks you know that that televangelism in the in the mid 80s uh, was a was a hotbed of of a sucker born every minute um man i was ending the show and i got to another point so maybe we should end it there MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.